Hello, sports fans. This is Jeremy Taché, and this is Miami Miked Up, presented by Cold Blue Vodka. If you haven't tried Cold Blue yet, head over to your nearest Total Wine or select Sam's Club's locations to pick up an ice sculpture bottle. It's the perfect refreshing drink to enjoy on its own or in your favorite summer cocktails. Mojitos, Bloody Marys, Martinis, Moscow Mules, and more. Cold Blue Vodka is gluten-free, crafted from American-sourced corn, and distilled eight times. Easy to sip on, enjoyable, and the best part, no hangover the next day. I repeat, no hangover the next day. Our friends over at Cold Blue Vodka gave us a promo code for our listeners. Head over to coldbluevodka.com and use the code BALLY20 for 20% off. That's one word, B-A-L-L-Y-2-0, for 20% off your online order. Cold Blue Vodka, redefining the blue-collar lifestyle. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the fifth episode of Miami Miked Up. Already week five. Look at us go. Uh, I am Jeremy Taché, your host, and joined, as always, by Eric Esteban here at Bally Sports. Eric, it's a pleasure to be with you on this Wednesday evening as we record this episode. It is a pleasure to be back. Another show in. I think we got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. Um, For those of you who haven't seen the description of this episode, it'll be Chris Cody from the Dan Lebitard Show with Stu Gatz over at Meadowlark Media, who will be joining us today. We have a really fun conversation coming up after this. Uh, But Eric, you and I both know exactly where we're going to start. As always, what's something that brought you joy this week? You know, something that brought me joy. As you know, uh, this past weekend... I was able to make my way to uh, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay to watch the UF uh, USF game. And I'm not going into the sports world, or I guess I may with what brought me joy. But after the game, after the Gators won, uh, you know, planted their flag in Tampa Bay. I went over to the hotel bar with my my friends. And after we were at the bar sitting right next to us was none other than the nature boy, Rick Flair. I mean, it was a great pleasure to be able to sit next to him and just kind of watch him in action, you know, really seeing him happy. There was points where we're sitting there just having drinks, watching the games after, and you would hear him uh, just kind of go, or people would walk by and go, woo. And he would say, you'd see a smile in his face. It was such a joy to see him a living legend. I don't get starstruck often, as I said, but uh, I also didn't bother him for a picture. There was a table of ladies behind us who were all asking for pictures. So, uh, you know, it's what you would expect of a living legend, Ric Flair. So that really brought me joy to see him happy in Tampa Bay. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. Any chance you could see someone who, especially out of context, to be able to see somebody right. like that, like out of nowhere, to be able to see Ric Flair. I mean, that's, a, and not for whatever, but to see someone who's, you know, little little bit up there you know you you wonder how many more chances there may be to see (laughs) folks like that so cool to get to bump into him now having some legends you know just the way you'd want to see uh, a legend like him kind of enjoying his time you know and enjoying a nice little saturday i love that that's amazing that's amazing well well as you know uh this weekend i i was able to take a trip um with my lovely girlfriend out to the northeast new jersey and new york Um, and it was, I mean, just the time of my life. Like I just had an absolute blast. We had so much fun together. Um, we were able to see one of my favorite bands, one of her favorite bands, technically our mutual favorite band, uh, bleachers, uh, they're called bleachers. Uh, their front man is a guy named Jack Antonoff. Um, and you might not know that name either, but well, so he has produced 
a bunch of like Taylor Swift's music, Lord's music, St. Vincent, Lana Del Rey. He also uh, was the guitarist in the band Fun, um, which was was a really fun uh, fun band back in the day. Um, but right, now all right, all right. he makes he makes a lot of really I don't even know how to describe it, but it's rock. I guess rock music, pop rock music. Um, that is that makes you know, for a good live show, that makes and it's for a good right up show. my it's alley. Outdoor. And this is a guy who he talks about it all the time. And he prides himself on performing. He loves performing. The live show is the whole thing. This album nice. that they wrote just recently, that they just recently released, the whole premise of it was we want it to feel like a live show. And so for now, for them to be able to play these songs in front of people for the first time, these are tickets that I've actually had since June of 2019. Wow. Okay, two and a half years. Oh, the long play, the uh-huh. long play. Well, I like it. it they, had, <laughs> they had canceled, so they, it's a, it was a festival this band hosts, and so it was just so special to be there and to know, like, so many of these people held on to tickets for two and a half years to be at this show. The energy, <laughs> Did you catch some of those stories? Oh, yeah, and it, it was great. I mean, it was so cool. He, he was so gracious and... He's a guy who um, I had never seen him perform with this band, um, but but something that he's known for sort of being a bit sarcastic and, you know, cracking jokes and whatever. And, and he said during the show, he's like, I've got I've got nothing jaded for you guys. Like, this is just <laughs> this is just the coolest thing. It's just the coolest moment. And I'm so grateful to be here. And so to experience that energy. And then, you know, we also got to explore the city. We walked to Brooklyn Bridge together. We pizza went to a, a wonderful. Yeah, oh, I ate some pizza, had, had some, some bagels, pizza. you know, uh, all you the go. typical. All the typical <laughs> New York stuff, um, but it was Spirit just a blast, and, and like not it. to you know, <laughs> oh yes, Sabaras exactly, not to and not and, you know not to be corny, but anytime I get to spend with with my wonderful girlfriend is is uh, time well spent. So I felt uh, I felt very good lucky. Host, good plug, yeah, yeah, good plug for me. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was an absolute blast, and and I feel very lucky. But uh, no, no more delaying here, as <laughs> as we have a, a, lo- a long form interview coming up. Uh, this is going to be a conversation with the one and only Chris Cody of the Dan Lebetard Show with Stu Gatz. You are listening to Miami Miked Up, presented by Cold Blue Vodka. Let me talk about this bottle for a second. This is something you don't see every day. For those of you listening, it is an ice sculpture design that honestly looks like a piece of art. It really stands out on the shelf, so it'll be hard to miss when you head over and pick up your bottle at your nearest Total Wine or Sam's Club locations. And this ice sculpture design on the outside is just as smooth as the great taste on the inside. You guys need to try Cold Blue because it is premium quality, one of the only liquors that doesn't give me a hangover the next day. Follow Cold Blue Vodka on Twitter and Instagram at Cold Blue Vodka. That's C-O-L-B-L-E-U-V-O-D-K-A for South Florida events and new recipes. And happy to be joined on episode five of Miami Biked Up by a man who just said he will be our best guest that we have had so far from the Dan Lebetard Show with Stu Gatz and Meadowlark Media. It's Chris Cody. Chris, thanks for joining us. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm feeling like good things are in store for me. You had Jazz Chisholm on. This was your first guest. And we mm-hmm. see the season he's had. Okay. You had Jason Jackson, I believe, on mm-hmm. as one of your guests. Look at him. He's now the voice of the Miami Heat. I believe you had Brian De La Cruz on, mm-hmm. and on Wednesday he hit what a game tying home run, game winning home run. That game was back and forth. But anyway, I'm just saying it seems like good things happen to people that come on this podcast. So I'm feeling good. It is the uh, thanks for having me. It's like the anti Lebetard show prognosticator effect. 
Um, it seems to be <laughs> exactly. what's happening here on Miami Mike Up. Zagaki. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, so, so Chris, uh, the first question for you is the same as it's been for everyone that's joined this pod. Before we get into anything with work, what is something outside the workplace that has brought you joy this week? Wow. Or recently, see, in general. This, see, this is funny because something outside of work is actually something sports related, but it's not work related. I actually became a Florida Panthers season ticket holder. Hey, hey. And it's the first time because of work and credentials. And like, you know, I just haven't been in, you know, pandemic and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't like, you know, since I've been on my own, really been in a spot to buy season tickets on my own. I've been someone that always just either got free tickets or I scooped off my mom's season <laughs> tickets. Like I felt like a real human being adult when I got to purchase my own season tickets for the Florida Panthers. So that made me, other than that, it's just a bunch of kids stuff. I have like an adorable kid. She makes me really happy, but sure. nobody cares about other people's kids, so I'll spare you those details. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about season tickets instead. <laughs> I, I purchased season tickets uh, last season for UCF for the first time. Feels good, and right? Was it's so just excited. Like, felt great. Oh. Thus far, I have yet to use them even one time because I didn't go to a game last year, and I've had to sell them for the first two games this year. So I look forward to using it at some point. But hey, that's a partner here. You are a Sports. big UCF guy. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I follow you on Twitter. It's either Shits Creek or UCF. I feel like those are, those are your lanes. Yep, pretty or much. Or Marlin or Brian De La Cruz. Yeah, or just specifically Brian De La Cruz. That's it. Not the Marlins. <laughs> just spe- at this moment, it's gotten to the point. It is really crazy that it's gotten to the point where there are a few people who just every time he gets on base, yes. I get a notification from someone saying, "Hey, Brian De La Cruz is on yes. base." I don't even have to watch the games. I think it's of really you perfect every time I see Brian De La Cruz. Wow, that. I hope I hope that this works out in the long run and that he continues to produce this way and that that's yeah. a good thing. Uh, but yeah, so so you mentioned um, buying season tickets for the Panthers and, and part of that is because you've grown up down here as a mm-hmm. South Florida sports fan and then got to cover these teams and be around these teams in the, in the way that you have with Lebitard Show. But my first question was actually growing up with your dad, of course, Greg Cody of the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody covering the teams down here for the Miami Herald. How do you think that influenced your path? Did you know that you wanted to be in sports media from a young age? Oh, no. I went to college. I went to FAU and I just like studied business knowing having no clue what I wanted to do. I started was just a fan of the Levitard show. And, Hmm. you know, they make the nepotism joke all the time. Like because of my dad's relationship with Dan is why I got my foot in the door Mm. Um, but it's really one of those things where I went to the first day to be an intern for that show, uh, not even knowing if I wanted to do radio at all. I was just like, you know, that kind of, I I had no, I I was graduated from FAU, but I had no real, like knowing what I wanted to do. So I just took advantage of this relationship and I just annoyed the crap out of them with (laughs) ideas. And then like, but I was such a fan of the shows that very quickly I was like, if I can do this, I want to do this. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, growing up with my dad, I mean, a sports family like my mom is a bigger sports fan than my dad like my mom huh. was the one because my because my dad works in it you know how it goes with like yeah, now that course. i'm working in it you're working in it it's you almost lose some of like your fandom with like working in it so like yeah. my mom because she didn't work in sports was like the crazy fan and my dad was always the you know i'm a journalist type thing so just a sports family i always knew that sports was like i'm like i played everything growing up so right. sports is always a huge like part of my life, but I never knew like in high school, like I'm going to be a radio producer one day. Huh? I, I find that so interesting because I think with, with the path, right? There's when you're a sports fan and when you play sports and obviously you played high school baseball, there's this 
sort of uh, need to sort of keep it a part of your life. It's such a I part of your coach. identity. Sorry to jump in. Mm. I wanted to coach. That was like the thing that I was like, I'm done. I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to be a D1 baseball player. Right. But it's like, and that's why I actually, that's what I did first. When I was still in college, I coached. I was a JV baseball coach for the high school that I went to. Right. So I got like three or four years of like, I, I was at one point the assistant head coach for a varsity team. So I, I moved up the ladder a little mm. bit, but uh, coaching was like, the way I was like, I need to do something in sports. It was more going to be that way rather than the uh, broadcasting. But like, I got my foot in this door and I like, you know, I loved the show so much that I was just like, I'm going to just annoy the shit out of them with ideas. And I did that and it worked out for me and they, they, you know, it seemed to fit. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously it fits and the way that you've sort of integrated yourself into the shipping container and, and all those personalities, it's so cool that Lebetard has this and in Levitard, I mean, in just the show in general, but that you guys have this sort of familial environment, you know, there's the, the nepotism jokes for you, of course, but that's the way it works with everyone, right? Roy was another guy who was a huge fan of the show. And that's how we were all you just end up there. And like, right. we all like not, I think even Mike, yeah, like literally everyone in the shipping container outside of Jessica, um, and even Witty, you can put in this group, just yeah, kind of like hung around the show and like knew the show and Next thing you know, they're an intern. Next thing you know, they're a producer. They're just kind of moving their way up the ladders. So it's, you know, with all the stuff that happened with me at ESPN, it's like Mm -hmm. if the show is anything else, it is a like we are a family. Like it is like a loyal bunch. And and I am one that I'm very appreciative of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but but there's a reason why. And it's because you guys all so clearly have your roles within that family that that makes it a family. Right. And that's it kind of actually leads into the next question I had, which was there's such a bond between the Levitard show members and then the fans. Yeah. And, and there seems it's to insane. be a really, a u- yeah, a really unique one, right? It, it's something that you don't see across any sort of media, let alone sports media. Do you think that that familial environment is why do you think that it's almost sort of glomming on to what feels like, part of your own family i mean i know how that that feels for me as someone down here in south florida dude i have become legitimate friends like there's like people there's just fans of the show there's people in the media that like the show like right. you're one of them mike cuno from cbs like mm-hmm. there's people that i've become friendly with because they like the show so we get to know each other and and then there's the fans of the shows like i've become friend like there's i have half a dozen phone numbers of people right. that I've just met through this. And I'm like, this is a decent dude. Like this is right. a cool person. And then like I DM, like our fans are so cool and funny and they get the show. They, they help produce the show so much. We, mm. So many things that we talk about are like tweets that come from some fan of the show. That's like, this is right up your guy's alley. And I didn't see it, but I see it once they send it to me. So it's like our fans. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with other shows, but from everything you hear, like our, our fans are, they are a dedicated, faithful group, and uh, they're, they're the best. One of those people, not to get too inside baseball, but like Yeti was a fan of the show and now is a, a co-producer of your dad's show yep. with you. So, and that's sort of the way that those things can He's work. He's the person I snap at. Oh, I know. That was off air. <laughs> that was off air. It's a reference yeah. for everybody else yeah. that, uh, oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I'll probably <laughs> cut this out. But <laughs> I, maybe that. maybe I won't. I, see, I, I have that problem. I just get too inside sometimes. I just, no, but I think I, well, I maybe that's part of what is so uh, wonderful about the show for you guys is that that is 
the environment, right? That every conversation right now, and I know this is new, and, and this is actually a question, how that adjustment has been where you guys used to be such a structured radio show where you knew exactly when you were on air and when you were off air. And so what was sort of the production meeting and what was going to be the show? And now that's totally different. You guys are recording essentially. Yeah, the most dangerous game. Are you enjoying it that way? And that literally what just happened right there. And I'm going to fill the people in just so you can leave all this in. Before we were recording, uh, Jeremy snapped at something and he was just doing something for a camera. But I was like, what do you have an assistant that you're snapping at? (laughs) Not that Jeremy would ever snap at an assistant, but just I made a joke of like, and he's like, no, I wish I had an assistant. Um, (laughs) So basically what you just, what I did there was something of it's from doing the show that I do. I am always thinking that everything is on air. So like Mm -hmm. that is a huge, I had to like, we sometimes, because we'll just like, because the way we do our podcast is we'll do a segment and then we'll put a break and then we'll kind of just go into the next segment. And there has to be times sometimes where it's like someone's saying something. It's like, this is not content. I just want whoever's <laughs> editing this later. I'm just talking to my friends. Like, this is not right. con- like, it's it's a really difficult balance since we're now ever live, but we're trying to still segment out the, 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 the podcast. So it's... Mm-hmm. It is the dangerous of games when you never really know. It's like, are we having this conversation just us or is this content? Because it's two totally different things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, no. And, and that that is such a not to say dangerous game again, but it is such a dangerous game because so much of what we do, you want to be able to layer jokes on top of each other. Yeah. You want it to sound organic. You want it to be a normal conversation. It's how it's all going to end, Jeremy. Stu mm-hmm. said this during a break. The shipping container did a bad job editing it, and it's out now in the pot. Like that's what's all going to end. Almost like, let me just definitely. get out. Let me just get out in front of that. The way we're doing this podcast right now, that is how it's all going to end. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's perfect, and it would be the most fitting way for it to end. But right, I, you know, you guys have so many other responsibilities than ultimately what we just hear on air at the end of the day, right? In the shipping container, in particular, you guys have so many different roles. What's something about being in the shipping container specifically that maybe folks listening to this don't understand? Well, I think that, and, and we learned this a lot during the pandemic, um, and, and not just the shipping container, the whole show. Our show sure. goes a lot off of uh, eye contact, a lot of talking with our eyes. And that's why if you as someone who listens to the show a lot, you probably noticed in the pandemic, the chemistry, the show was still fun, but there were times where it was like talking over each other. When we're all in studio, like there's like an eye, like we can just kind of look at each other. It's like, we know who's next. Someone's got a joke. Stu, up Stugatz has got a joke. Everyone knows it. Like lay out. Like, like I would say that, that people are probably surprised for how much, you know, the show, the show seems very chaotic, but there is a lot of like talking in headsets when other people are talking feeding jokes like I did the other day on the show terribly yep. where I fed Stugatz a joke and it was just I missed said a phrase whatever long story but like <laughs> it, it, it's a real fun like when we're really flowing and jokes are being fed and eye contact jumping in little windows getting the joke off like that is what I think people they know that the show has chemistry but the chemistry when we really are flowing I think is something that would surprise people it almost reminds me of like a theater production and i know maybe you don't have that much experience around theater but with so much going on behind the scenes and specifically like what you just mentioned those jokes being fed whether it's to stugats whether it's dan whether it's to each other tight windows in Mm -hmm. tight windows in really small windows because it's conversation i mean 
even you and I have had a couple of moments where we've spoken over each other here because this is Zoom. So to have a show it's like me that, too, I'm bad about speaking over as I just did right there. Like well, especially because I try to get in with Zoom, but then you're right, the Zoom slows us down. But you're so right. If I was in there in front of, if we like, we would be, it'd be so much better. But yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think your guys' ability to sort of adapt has been something that's admirable about the show too, because you guys were one of the only content makers in the midst of of the worst of the pandemic when all of us were not really able to get any of the the tv shows or the radio shows or the podcasts that we normally loved and so that sort of transition happening alongside transitioning away from espn has to have been a a total whirlwind over the last number of months i i cannot even imagine and you guys are so used to working for whether it's locally or nationally, sort of well-established companies of, hey, this is the way we do things. So what's been the most interesting part of working at Meadowlark as it sort of launches, as it gets going off the ground? It's been interesting that, you know, it's not like, you know, I know we were the pirate ship for a while, but the Meadowlark people have come in and organized us. Like Mm -hmm. everyone's probably thinking like they left ESPN, like Dan is just in charge now. Like they probably are... You know, but we have more meetings now, more productive meetings. Like, not I don't want to badmouth ESPN, but there was just a lot of meetings that were just like, we're all just saying words here. Like, sure. this is, I don't feel like any actionable items are really coming away from this. But, you know, now we like, you know, we actually, that's part of our meetings now at the end of them, actionable. So it's like, we mm-hmm. are like right there. I just had an alarm go off. I probably have a meeting that I'm missing right now. Like, we talk to each other way more on Zoom screens than we even talk on air, which is a different, like we used to be a show that's like, we do a lot of texting, we might send some ideas, but we don't really talk to each other a lot outside. But mm-hmm. we are, like, I think people would be surprised that although we went off on our own, this Dan has put together, like there are, we have COOs, all the O's and C's that <laughs> have, and like director of audios, like people that are just kind of like above us that are just like keeping us, making sure our, T's are dotted and our nope, that's our eyes are you get it. T's are dotted it. and eyes are crossed. Sure. Yeah, like so like but yeah, so we have like it's it, it's there's a lot of meetings. Organized like, chaos. It is. And that's and, and, and I feel better. Like I'm going home at night and I'm not like stressing on little things because like mm. we discussed them in the meeting today. So it's like it we're just a, a well oiled machine a well oiled chaotic machine right now. That's perfect, though. Yeah, it's a nice space <laughs> to be in when, when you're specifically the type of show that you guys are. Um, right. But all right. So so to get a little bit away from Levitard Show and a little more into uh, your personal thoughts about things here when it comes to sports in South Florida. I've I got know, a lot of them, Jeremy. Well, I know you're a big Marlins guy, and you guys have spoken some this season about the Marlins on the show, but... Probably, if I had to bet, you and Billy probably haven't spoken as much as you would like about the Marlins in particular and given your opinion. So this is your forum. I would love for you to share any and all positive, negative, any thoughts you got on this Marlins season and maybe even what has you excited uh, moving forward. I mean, I am excited about this Marlins team. And yes, I mean, I feel like we have a lot of negative Nancys. On our, on ours, other than Billy and I, when it comes to the Marlins, so that's mm-hmm. why, honestly, we probably don't talk about it a lot. But I, I think that Jeter has come in, and I'm just going to do kind of big picture stuff. Here. Yeah, yeah, we're absolutely. Not gonna, we're not going to get into the nuts and bolts of like you know Wednesday's oh. game, even though that was a good game. It was a good, was a good game. game on Wednesday. But uh, I am, you know, dude, like the Marlins were in such a bad spot from a farm system perspective 
when Jeter came in. And mm-hmm. I think that, that like nobody, any baseball expert would tell you like that has turned around. Like they actually have a farm system they can be proud of. They have some prospects that people would be interested in like years ago, the, like five or six, right? Like before yeah. it was, it was the, the cover was, was bare. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, man, like, you know, all these guys that you love, the Jesus Sanchez's of the world, like I'm excited about a handful of these hitters. Um, I will admit, you know, as with someone with a lot of stuff going on, I haven't like watched a ton of Marlins. I got, I've gone out to a few games, but you know, I'm not watching every game. You know, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I keeping an eye, keeping an yeah, eye. I'm, exactly. I'm keeping an eye, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I, I feel good about this team. Big picture. I, I, I think with Sandy and if Pablo can stay healthy, and the farm system, like, you know, I, I think that this team is a few pieces away. And that is a lot further along than they were a couple of years ago. Right, right. It, it is this interesting thing to see uh, how people behave given what a few pieces away means in different circumstances, right? right. So, like, back in the day when a few pieces was okay, if it doesn't work with these few pieces, then the entire thing is a sham and it's done. Um, you know, where now, hopefully those few pieces that are added this offseason help work work out and, you know, all these other guys can continue to grow. But if not, there's more on the way, theoretically. Plus, baseball is such a weird sport. Such like, a the weird an- sport. The Angels have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, and they're and terrible. And nothing to show for it. It's crazy. And the, and the Rays have, like, four guys you've heard of, and they're, like, the best, most deep, you know, like, organization mm-hmm. that you've ever heard of. So it's like... It's just a weird sport. That's why I think that like they're actually they could just they might not be that far away. Baseball's such a weird sport where if the the guys like the, the Jesus Sanchez's, mm-hmm. the Luan Diaz's, the if those guys just kind of take a little step, if Brian Anderson comes back healthy, if yep. San, Pablo boom, all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, they're 500 with 10 games left." You know what I mean? Like right. it's actually not that crazy to think that this team could be They've somewhere. Lost 26 one-run games. Yeah. Like if if half of those go another way, they're fighting for the wild card now despite a really awful season. You know, it, it, it Yeah. I mean, if we're saying what we're saying though, a lot of MLB teams are saying that, but that's what makes baseball so cool to me. Exactly. Like in the NBA, you can kind of draw it out. Like these four mm-hmm. teams are going to be there at the end. You know, hockey, I mean, hockey's pretty random sometimes, but you know, yes. that's what baseball, it's like any team could just get hot for two months and it's like a team you've never, with guys you've never heard of is in the World Series. Or a team like the Giants with guys you thought were retired are right. one of the best teams in baseball. Like they, they don't still have Evan Longoria. I refuse to believe yeah. it. The fact that Evan Longoria, Brandon Belt, Johnny Cueto, and Buster Posey are leading a team to You're one playing of the a joke on me. It those guys no aren't still sense. on that team. I know, but all those guys are out here having... Buster Posey might be at MVP. It's insane. Am I being punked? Yeah, I mean, that's how it feels. Uh, all right, so because I'm I'm a good company man here, I'll, I'll tie this next question back uh, to the broadcast we had on Tuesday. The Twitter Tuesday hashtag was MLB changes. So essentially, was asking everyone if they were commissioner for a day. What changes would they make to Major League Baseball? I'll ask you this question, and I'll tell you what our broadcasters said. Paul Severino wanted to shorten the schedule by five games from 162 to 157. It was a suggestion by Bill Ripken. Seven-inning doubleheaders, he'd keep it. DH in both leagues. Todd Hollinsworth had one of the craziest suggestions I've ever heard, which was cross third base, and you've scored a run. Just eliminate 90 feet of bases to accentuate offense. So now, stealing third would be stealing home. 
Wow. A double would be like a triple. It blew my mind. I I've never heard that. anything like, I love it too. I was blown away by it. <laughs> oh I cannot, God. I now I completely want to change the game of baseball. And Classic he was saying Todd. It. Classic <laughs> Todd. Classic Todd. Uh, yeah, Holly, Holly was essentially saying, like, all right, fine, completely change the game of baseball. The records don't mean anything anymore anyway. So why not just move up the offense that way? I was shocked to hear that from a former big leaguer. Man. Um, but I got to go you, wackier now. Now I like I want to like I need wacky? to I need to try to beat Todd Hollinsworth. Um, no, that's really interesting. That. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Something I thought of the other day that, that might turn it that that relates to this conversation is on Wednesday I was watching the game and <laughs> Jazz Chisholm late in the game when he came in the game hit a hit a double, but it like hit the top of the wall and I started thinking, man, the Marlins have such a deep park. Then I but I was like they should shorten it and I'm like, you know what? I know why they don't because then their pitchers are like it's one of those things. Right. But then I thought to myself, what if we have it where the you can literally design your park that like it's short when you hit like that's a real home field advantage. Whoa. The fence is short, like you can make it a hitter's park when you're hitting, and it, and it's the same for everyone. So when they all go home, they have okay. that advantage. You know, I'm, I, that seems a little wacky. So I just figured I that might like- fit. So it could almost be like those, um, like the little league fences that they put up for the celebrity softball yes. game. You know, the ones that That's are like two hundred feet around yes. around the middle of the outfit. Yes. So you're saying essentially within probably what? But within we gotta make like, it safe. So like those fence, the middle, the, the up fence would literally have to be taken out. Like for the right it, in between the technology. Innings. I don't know how this is gonna work. Like you know, you know, logistically. Yes, you might just have to have a staff of like fifteen people holding up the fence from behind it. And yeah. then just running off, essentially, uh, once again, bringing it back to theater, but essentially like a stage production. Run out with the props, stand there, and then bring it back on the back end. Um, are but, you pro? What do you, like, overall, are you, if you could, ha- like, if you had the design over Marlins Park, mm-hmm. are you, would you rather your team? Because, like, I was thinking about this, and, I, like, back to the, because like, I was like, I was like, the Marlins have such a deep park. Like, I think I would take, like, I get the theory of, like, if we bring it in, that means our pitchers could give up more. Like, mm-hmm. I just would rather have that. If you yeah. gave me the option, I would want a hitter's park. Well, I think like, essentially think everyone just wants jazz, more offense. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I think everyone just wants more offense. It's it's a more entertaining game that way. So having a, a closer fence would be helpful. And especially when you're dealing with young hitters who are sort of trying to prove themselves, especially not for whatever in a game that's so home run or strikeout right now, mm-hmm. if you've got great pitchers, they're going to strike a bunch of guys out anyway. So yep. you might not struggle that much, and, and it might not change your pitching that much anyway, where your hitters, all of a sudden, a couple of fly balls go out that don't ordinarily. It's pretty helpful. But strangely enough, the Marlins are way better at home this season than they have yeah. been on the road. That's so. True. It's one of those uh, one of those differences. As Chris is missing another meeting, God, thank you for, I mean, just, for sticking that's just around. My stupidity. I like just put it on uh, snooze, you know, snooze. I just didn't stop it. Because, oh, I'm you know, the same way. That's it how I do around here constantly. How about, how, how about Sandy? By the way, can we just yeah. say this? Like his yes. last, like what is it? Like last seven starts. Like he's been unbelievable. Like Remember. I know he's always good, but Jesus. No, he's really he's really elevated himself into a no doubt ace, which I think a lot of us. I don't I'll be honest, I don't know that I expected him to turn into a a legitimate workhorse ace like he has to where he's not just someone who you see as like, oh, he could be a number two or a number three on, you know, a top tier club. He's he's a guy who can be an ace for just about anybody and, and he's been as good as anyone in baseball. Who are who are some of who are the some doubt aces? Because he's a no doubt ace. Like, who's a some doubt ace? Some doubt aces. Some doubt aces. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to try to go through in my... Oh, man. All right. Hold on. Let me... I'm literally just going to scroll through. Let's do it. (laughs) 
scroll through. Don't, tight, don't tighten this up at all in editing. I want it all left in. I Let's go. hate you for doing this. <laughs> Putting me on the spot somehow. Uh, how, about a, how, about a, how about a Nathan Ivaldi? Right. Ah, oh, there you go. That where at times in his there career, maybe not right now, but he was a sometimes ace. He was a maybe ace where you signed him and you weren't sure who you were going to get. That's the example that I'm going to use, and I'm I'm not going to tighten it up. We're going to have all of that awkwardness <laughs> in the podcast. It'll be perfect. It so, took you four minutes to find that, though. Ah, oh, relax, relax. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Making this even more difficult to edit yes. than it needs to be, uh, and which is brutal from someone who's constantly having to do that. Uh, all right, so our, our fall sports are coming up as well. Obviously, the Heat and Panthers are our partners. Um, I am going to ask you your thoughts on, on Tua in a second and talk about the Dolphins, but we're going to stick with the Bally teams here for a second. With the Heat and the Panthers, I, I don't want to pit them against each other because that's that's not a fair thing to do, and, and really both of them should have outstanding seasons. But if you had to pick right now based off of the rosters that you know that they have, which of those two teams do you expect or think is more likely to make a deep playoff run in 2022 you're talking about panthers and heat right panthers and heat yeah man uh i'm gonna go with the panthers i mean <laughs> i'm not the like you know i i uh, i re- i read my hockey info i don't like know hockey like baseball mm. and football i feel like i can kind of get a feel for my own takes but hockey everyone says this is like the best roster that the the pan like the panthers were good in last a long season time they, they kind of underachieved last year in the playoffs. I think people expected them to, like, I know they had a tough matchup against Lightning, right. but people expected that was a team that deserved to win a playoff series last year mm-hmm. based off their, like, the points they had in the season. But, yeah, man, I mean, I th- and they improved. You know, I, I don't even think I could say some of the guys that they brought in just because my hockey knowledge is that slacking at the moment. I got to tighten mm-hmm. up those screws before the season starts. Yeah, tighten but, it up. But I mean, I mean the Heat, and I just think I would go Panthers. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. You heard that? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was going to say. All in with this Panthers team. I, I just spent X amount of dollars. God, they, this team uh. better be a playoff team. I better <laughs> multiple. Stuff. I'm just kidding. But uh, that yeah, I mean, I think the Heat also are looking fine. But I right. think if you're making me say like which one, but the Heat also have a better track record of actually doing stuff in the playoffs. The Panthers still have this thing where they lose the first round, the first mm. game of a playoff series, and you're like, oh no, this team's so it's good. It's away, right? Like there's just like where the Heat, like the Heat could be down 2-0 in a series, and if they sh- if they're the favorite in that series, I still think they have a chance. So right. there's a little of that going on, but I'm kind of just into the Panthers right now, so I'm gonna pick the Panthers for your yeah, game. And it- it should be fun. Like this upcoming fall just should be a fun time to watch both of those teams. They both should be good. And with the Dolphins playing right now, that's that's another bonus. I know you have had pretty strong opinions throughout and then and then wavering opinions on Tua. Uh, see, throughout, the thing throughout. is, like, see, I need to jump in here. All right, jump in. Do and, everyone on the show is so negative with Tua that right. I become this like huge like Trust Tua. Me, I I'm I am literally on the fence. Mm-hmm. I I still think Tua can be good, and and if I if you made me bet, does Tua make a Pro Bowl? Does he bring this team to the playoffs? I would bet yes. So yeah. like maybe maybe I'm a little over the fence, but I am not sitting here saying that he is like Justin Herbert. Yeah. Looks like a really damn good quarterback. So that hurts a little bit. That mm-hmm. hurt hurts a little bit. And uh, Jalen hurts too. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but Herbert, that's we're talking Herberts, about. Herbert, so. yeah, it Herbert. Nah, yours yeah, is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better. I mean, yours, yours just flows obviously more natural. But yeah. you know, anyways, but <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I'm just, I, I, I think like it's it's bad for a podcast to just be like, I don't know yet. No, but, but that's, that's that's where I'm at with Tua. <laughs> it's also only been what like eleven starts. But I know the defense is is damn good. I did that thing Mm -hmm. again where I just interrupted you. The defense, though, has me excited. As it should. 
Well, no, and to be in that position, like, th- this is going to be a good football team. The question is, is it a great football team? I, I spoke with uh, with Steve Goldstein last week, and, you know, obviously he he called all the games during the preseason, and, and he said the same thing, which was essentially, it's a really good team, and it's a great team if two is great. Yeah. And that's that's all it is. It's It's what it comes down to. And so I think so many of us are just holding our breath because we so badly want him to be so good. And he seems like the nicest guy. He was so great in college. He's been so gracious through everything. I obviously love rooting for Hawaiian quarterbacks, as it's all I've done for the last, feels like a decade at UCF. So, you know, rooting for him is too easy. I just had a thought. I just saw, on my TV is muted right now. Mm-hmm. I just saw an MTV commercial. Apparently Vinny from the real, uh, from Jersey Shore has a dating show. Oh, no. And it just put into my brain that, there should be dating shows for sports teams with quarterbacks. Like, imagine a Miami Dolphins like. Oh my god, like, that would be show. incredible. I mean, I know it's hard to it's hard to get thirty like actual NFL like quality quarterbacks into a camp, but like, I just like the idea of a dating show where it's like a fan base is is like is the. I like the idea. Maybe you do it for the backup quarterback. Yes. So maybe one team decides to produce this where yes. it's basically everyone that's available from. Kaepernick to Blake Bortles to Tyler Thigpen, everyone in between like just it. shows up and becomes this part of this date. I we should we should get on this. Meadowlark specific. You Let's guys cut can this go. from the podcast so we can really get. Like, yeah, a, we can jump on this idea. Well, something I was already thinking when you were talking about wanting to get into coaching earlier, saying that we should you know we should coach like some eight year olds and just produce a show about it. Just <laughs> coach coach some eight year olds in some random little league around here. And Ox for little for like yeah, some like a hundred percent. I think it'd be terrific. We were talking earlier about like you know, coming on here. I was like I was thinking that we were gonna get into nostalgia with like some of these teams, and I was like, mm-hmm. what are my memories of Panthers, Heat, Marlins, Dolphins, and it's like. I can think of a handful of things of just like outside of like the obvious championships for the Heat and Marlins, like of just like great moments where it's mm. like you know the the fir- like the first game ever for the Marlins, the first game at Marlins Park, Annabelle's no hitter. Like I have so many things mm. like Dontrell's two hitter against the Mets oh in 03. Gosh, yeah, like I like I was there. Like I could just spitball all these Marlin things and like Ray Allen's shot, Le- LeBron joining the Heat. Uh, you're gonna like, I, you're gonna ruin the the list that I'm gonna make you make here. Dwayne, oh well, this is. I'm gonna repeat some of the stuff. I'm gonna repeat this some of this. But Dwayne Wade's final game, right. I, I I was at 1996 Game Four Avalanche Panthers. Like wow. we lost, but no, it was but just you've like, been at all of these right? moments, and I, it's like I don't have anything for the Dolphins. Mm. I mean, like, like I was what, born like, in 1995. Lamar, like, There's no like way Jay, for me to have like, anything. Jay Fiedler, like Lamar Smith winning a playoff game. I guess I literally like, only have that one Wildcat game. That's it. And you know what? That is the dog. Like if you, that's I guess, it. Yeah. But how is one regular season game in New England the only mem- good memory that I have over how many years? It's really, it's really crazy that that's the case. But so, like, I think that that kind of ties back into the Tua conversation, though. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just this longing, and that's I think why people are so like, he stinks. He's great. Like, they yep. just. Some people are so frustrated that they're like, he's not Marino. And some people are like, but he's kind of decent. Let me have something. Yep. So it's just like, and I'm just in the middle. I'm like, he seems like he's just kind of average right now, but he's still young. Like, let's give him more games. But that's the exact problem is that everybody's so eager. And, and the way that it's so crazy how so quickly we've been able to decide we can judge quarterbacks in like right. three games on the right. field. And yeah. maybe we can, but it, it also feels like it's just... 
it's all a product of just everything that we have, right? Like product of streaming services, product of just everything where it's also instant. We just want to know, like, is our quarterback great? Is he Patrick Mahomes or is he not? And the irony He's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Damn no it. One, no one's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> no one's going to be. It was so funny. But we could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he got taken like 15th overall. Yeah, it is. That's one Sports of those. are weird. Just like Giannis, right? Like it's one of those things where everybody convinces themselves. Aaron Donald. Like sports is weird. No one knows anything. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we love about it. That's what I love <laughs> about this is that we're sitting here talking about all this so that we can create memories though, right? So that we can have like all of these things that you and I have already referenced from childhood, these these teams that we root for, and you and I have had that same experience. I'll, I'll actually go ahead, since you already brought them up, you know, you guys do a lot of top five lists on Levitar Show, and I didn't want to steal that, so I wanted to do something unique and creative, Ooh. exciting, different. So um, I want your top six South Ooh. Florida sports moments. Ugh, I was thinking you maybe cut it down. Maybe top it four. On me. No, uh, I want your top <laughs> Um. All right. Well, like, so I have to rank these things. Yeah, this doesn't need to be specifically for everyone listening, because I give Chris a moment to, to sort of rank these yeah, in yeah, his yeah. head. For everyone listening, this is not going to be the top moments in South Florida sports history in terms of necessarily what. <laughs> What mattered or what were the biggest games that's easy we can go through and come up with the stakes and come up with what's you know the biggest moment but these are chris's personal favorite moments whether he was in attendance whether it's a game right. he watched with friends anything like that all right number number six Miguel Cabrera getting a hit off of uh, an intentional walk attempt. I'm kidding. Oh, that, man. That's actually not That was it. so like, I good, I just thought that would be a funny random one. I do oh, love that. Oh, that one was so great. <laughs> <laughs> that was in Baltimore, I think. In Baltimore. It was somewhere so random that, oh, God, he was so great. What a ridiculous player he was. Yeah. I mean, all right. So, like, I'm going to go the home run. I'm going to start with, you know, six. All right. home run. The home run derby when it was down here. Like, I, I, I went. I got season tickets with the Marlins that year just so I could get everything for the all-star game. And I, uh, the, the home run derby was the thing that stuck out that week for me. Like I, I could have take, take your leave the game. The home run derby was epic, but the other rest are just kind of ones that you'd expect. Sure. Here, no hold, on. Hitter. hold on one second. Special sound. <laughs> See unique. So that was number six. Number five. Oh man, see, this is so weird to like order these. I don't like, I wish it would have just, I, I feel, I'm feeling, I'm sweating right now. All right, I'm going to go with <laughs> number five. I'm going to go with just LeBron signing. Like, just like, oh. like, I was at a Chili's bar with like 16 people and we all slapped hands. And when he, because we were just like, oh my God, he's actually coming. So, mm-hmm. like, that I have to put on there. That's number five. <laughs> number four, I'm going to go with Dwayne Wade's final game. Mm, that was such a great one. That's such a great one. I know I could go with obviously the championships, but like I was there in like with me and my friends, like I wasn't working. I was just like getting in my feels. And then when he went in that run late, was it in the third quarter, fourth quarter? I don't, I don't really remember, but it was just, I still like the goosebumps, the the place going crazy. Epic. That that should be higher, honestly. It was honestly one of the coolest experiences. I was actually, I was working that night at, uh, at WSBN and uh but my my dad and my brother went to the game yeah and you know they picked up like a program and everything like that and when he was hitting all those threes and and bosh was going crazy and his son was going crazy and gabby was going crazy and jimmy butler on the other team was going crazy like playing against the it was oh it was incredible number three 
Okay, number three. See, I feel like see, like ra- I'm ranking these terribly. Like that should probably be higher. Oh, it's fine. I'm going to. <laughs> no one cares. This is not. This is I not know, a real right? list. Like, I'm like stressing this. I'm going to go with the Ray Allen shot. The I mean, Ray Allen shot. Like, it's just like it's just there. I mean. Yeah. I mean, what else can we say? What else could we say? Number two, I'm going to go with Alex Gonzalez. You know know what? I'm going to go with Miguel Cabrera's home run off Roger Clemens. And I'm really, that one should have been lower on the list. I'm realizing now, like I've done this poorly. Oh, but that's a great one. I don't know. I I don't know. mm, I don't don't think. If you want to do a re-rank at the end, if you want to do a re-rank at the end, that's fine. We can just re-rank it. It's fine. But the Miguel Cabrera homer, it was so funny finding out on your guys' show from David Sampson that apparently Miguel Cabrera didn't really understand who Roger Clemens was at all in the grand (laughs) scheme of things. Like, that's That's ridiculous to me. Hard to believe, honestly. I I don't, I, yeah, I mean, it is, but, you know, whatever. That's epic. I'll, I'll go with the lore. And, and number one, number one is something that I take credit for. Okay, oh. Alex Gonzalez game-winning home run. Let me just for the people that don't know. Yeah, it was was Set it the, the tenth inning? What inning was it that he hit? It was a tenth, eleventh. They, they had gone. They had gone a couple. Out. They had gone a couple innings without. It was a tie game, World Series game four. The Marlins had gone, I believe, like nine up, nine down the last three innings. So I was like, you know what, mom? How old was I at the time? 16-year-old Chris was like, Mom, this team needs a change. I'm going to go up to the concourse and just watch this half inning from there. First at bat, Alex Gonzalez off of Jared Weaver? Jeff Weaver. Probably Jeff Jeff Weaver. Weaver. Jeff Weaver. Uh Uh-huh. Jeff Weaver. (laughs) A home run down the left field line. It didn't even get higher than 10 feet, it looked like. Oh, my gosh. It was perfect. I started running. I felt like (laughs) I had hit that home run. I was running to my mom like, Mom, see? Like, I don't care what anyone says. You don't know for a fact that that wouldn't have happened if I didn't do that. It's the entire plot of the butterfly effect. I agree with you <laughs> wholeheartedly, 100%. I am a, during the, going backward, during the Ray Allen shot, I was at a friend's house. Yep. Uh, I had decided, yeah, it was right in the middle of the game, right? Mm-hmm. We're in the fourth quarter, everything's going awry. I had sat down in between two armchairs on like one, one arm rest crossed my legs mm-hmm. and was sitting there. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I really have to pee, but the heat are coming back. I'm not moving. Yeah. One of my friends was about to get up. I put my arm right in front of him. How dare you get How up right you? now? We're sitting right Selfish. here. And as soon as Ray Allen hit the shot, of course we all, you know, jumped up out of our seats and went crazy because we had everything to do with it. It was us from home in Western Florida, influencing that game in Thank Miami. Thank you, Jeremy. You're welcome. For one of the greatest, <laughs> for your third great, fourth greatest just, moment that is, in South Florida sports history. That's one of the cool things about sports. Like, it's just another thing about sports where it's like we can act like something that we probably, it's like, it's ridiculous. But we feel like I had a part in that. And it's like. I'll always sh- remember, kind of, even so if awesome. I'm, even if I'm joking about it now, even if I'm laughing at it now, in the moment, you 100%, I was the same age as you were. I was a 16 yeah. year old kid. You're yeah. 100%. You feel like you influenced it. Maybe that's the the high school baseball players in us of of the superstitions, but I'm 100% in for it. So, all right. That is a baseball thing, for yeah, sure. Uh, oh, absolutely. I was a, I always put on my left sock before my right sock. I always wore my hat backwards until 15 minutes before the game. It was bad. It was real bad. Speaking of baseball, guys, I want to ask you something that I saw the other day. It, I believe it was that Wednesday game that I keep referencing. Miguel Rojas... Late in the game, did something where it's like some infield dribbler where he's beating it out, where he ends up sliding at first, which I think mm-hmm. is a bad move, like, yes. you know, scientifically. He did it feet first. All right, he follow did. me on this. A feet first, slide into first, pops up, 
runs through the bag. It was. It, isn't he? Isn't he out? Like if no. he gets like, you he can, actually he didn't I run. Once he didn't even run through the bag. He slid, and then like ran to the right. Like he ran out of popped up. He did a pop up slide, uh-huh. and he kind of just like continued on. He went to the right a little bit to make it not like he wanted to make it clear he wasn't making a turn. But I like, guess I, I, I don't really you, know when you, when you make the decision to slide and it's a force play. Like, couldn't he technically be? I just felt like I was like, I've I guess never first seen base that. is different. I've definitely, I that was absolutely, I've watched what feels like a million baseball games in my lifetime. I've never seen someone slide feet first into first base and then I, slide in, and then continue and then pop up and then pop up and weird. run through the bag. It was amazing. <laughs> it, see, this is what's great about baseball. This is yes. this is it right here. All right, so I'm going to give you a few sort of uh, rapid-fire questions before uh, we wrap up. There don't need to be long explanations to these. I just thought of something. Go ahead. We we just did my top five, like, sports moments. Non-South Florida-related, I was randomly on vacation in San Francisco for Barry Bonds' 600th home run. I saw, oh like we just God. were like we're going to be in San just Francisco. Happened to Let's be buy there? tickets to a Giants game, and it just happened to be the game that he hit his 600th home run. That had to be amazing. Yeah, I watched him. I was at I was at the Pudge play at the plate, which Ugh. should have been on your top six. Um, would have been on there. my top six in attendance. In oh, attendance, I was epic. sitting in the upper deck in left field. Um, and so how about, I a, see... how about a one hop perfect throw, Conan? Perfect throw. I mean... Look, it is funny. It is funny. You look back at that throw. It's like, thank goodness Jeff Conine had a bad arm. Because if not, know. that wouldn't have even as been a, a play at the plate. It was outfield, perfect. As, as a person who's played some outfield and didn't have a great arm, you learn how to throw a one-hop yes. ball. Oh, no, no, no. That's not – hold on. I am not like, – That me, wasn't like he got major, lucky. Okay, major okay. disclaimer. There okay. is no part of me that is saying luck. What I'm saying is the velocity on the throw – is what made the play so perfect. Because yes. if he had a better arm, it's just <laughs> a tag. He's out by a mile. <laughs> He's out by a mile. That's all I'm saying. That's a great I'm take. grateful for the entertainment that I Jeff Conine that. doesn't have a great arm. Because I if he had a better that. arm, it's not a great play. It's just, oh, JT oh. Snow's out by a mile. The only reason he even ran is because they knew Jeff Conine doesn't have a great arm. And he came up with the greatest throw in franchise history. And that should have that should have made Pudge's Hall of Fame speech. Thank you, Jeff Conine, for not having an incredibly strong arm See? and making me look better. If 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 Pudge was out in left field, the guy would have been out by a mile. He had a rocket. All right. So uh <laughs> Rapid fire. Just Sorry, quick let's go. favorite uniform in South Florida sports history, alternates included. Uh oh wow. It's all Marlins here. It's like mm. it's the old F. Mm. It's I like. The were black. you a Were you a pinstripe guy, or were you Sundays, a the, the black Sunday top? Pinstripe, the Sunday's pinstripe, or, or mm. like was no? They had the different ones on Sundays at one right, point. Right, they had that, the one pinstripe that had like the the one yeah, logo on the, the on the left. Ch- yeah, yeah the I wasn't F. a big Sunday guy. I was a fan of the the regular the standard pinstripe mm-hmm. and then the black. I like the I like the curveball black. Yeah, like honestly, I mean, I, I I'm being very like that was the it, first thing I thought of. Like I, I'm trying to think if there's anything better on this. The only thing that I would have thought would have been maybe one of the Vice Heat jerseys, but. But even then, I don't, I'm not no, so my sure. My favorite heat jersey is like the classic, like the old school heat. The old block like letters. The, the block letters that they mm-hmm. have brought back a few years ago before the Vice mm-hmm. stuff. That's that old school where like 
Alonzo Mourning, Vashawn yep. Leonard, like that. I'm ho- I really hope that that like I have no info as to whether or not anything will ever happen with any jerseys. They but gotta bring that thing back I, every five years. Or I so. really gotta... hope that that's the next cycle of oh, yeah. like instead of the Vice jerseys, which is which is done now. I mean, the Vice versa with the last one. It was ones. really cool because Wade. It was like I think the last time they had him was mm-hmm. Wade's last year or the year before that because Wade got to rock him, and it was really I, cool seeing Wade in that old school. They had something similar at one point during the Big Three era, but I. I don't think it was the specific ones it would be it would I'm be sick to see those Wade. i'm imagining mm-hmm. wade after his comeback someone in south florida sports so this can be an athlete in a front office coach media member even who's the first person you'd want to have a beer with just the first person off the top of your head oh man right now i think just because of all the the, the, the drama going around them. Um, I'm just like I'm filling by saying a couple more sentences to make sure I don't want to pick someone else. I have someone in my mind that I'm going to go with. I'm just making mm-hmm. sure that I'm not overlooking somebody. I think right now, even though I don't imagine him to be a fun person to have a beer with, I just would want to get his mindset and like you know what he thinks on it. Like, out Tua, I would have a beer with Love Tua that. right now. Love that. Like, just just to, just to, to pick a... his brain. Hey, let's have a beer. Let's hang out. Shoot me straight. How do you feel about your game? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone yeah. asks everyone <laughs> to evaluate Tua. How do you evaluate? How do you feel? How do you feel about you? All right, which person would you want to become your mortal enemy? If you could pick one person in South Florida Ooh, sports. Jazz Chisholm is another you want one him to. A, is he even old enough for a beer? Yeah, he's 23. Okay. I thought you were saying Jazz Chisholm would be your no, mortal no, 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 enemy. No, that's an, I'm back on this. I just want to have a beer with him too. But anyways, all okay. right, right, mortal you enemy. two and Jazz could go get beers. Same, same question, mortal enemy. Um, uh-huh. Heath Bell. <laughs> It's a perfect answer. It's a perfect answer. All right. Uh, A person to replace your best friend. So not to become your new best friend. If your best friend had to just disappear off the face of the earth, all of their personality traits were now gone and had to be replaced by somebody else. Who do you think could do that job? Oh, I got it. Andy Ellisberg. I think I saw Andy Ellisberg at a Broadway show this weekend. (laughs) I'm like pretty sure. I think you're probably right if you think you saw him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I saw Andy Ellisberg at Waitress the Musical on Sunday afternoon. So if if Andy Ellisberg is is some hey, well, you know, had a nice (laughs) little weekend, had a nice little weekend. But if anybody, if 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 anybody listening to this can get to Andy Ellisberg, please ask him if he was there and let me know because I'm pretty sure. And I was gonna go up and be like, hey. I work at Bally, but then I was like, oh, uh, why, why would I do that ever? You could have done it. I, why would I do that? He's enjoying a show. You I only thought so because you got to shoot eh, your shot. It would have been a time. Jamie. It would have been a time. That would have been something people, to bond if, over. If you ever had Andy Ellisberg on this podcast and you uh-huh. said to him this, this exact question of who do you wish could be your best friend, how many uh-huh. people do you think he would say before me? Oh, man. I, oh, <laughs> 300? No <laughs> Thank you. That's nice of you. Yeah. That's, that, nice, that's very a, kind of you to say that. 300 feels like a, a reasonable <laughs> enough number that have been just people that have worked at the Miami Heat organization over the last span of years. All right. And then um, and remember, this, in, this can include media members. Who would you want to be your dad? Hmm. Let me think about this. Yeah. Take your time. I know this is a tough one. Yeah. Dave Hyde. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché. 
And a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places. (laughs) 